If you'd like to help us pay our guests and support the show, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash what's my thesis. And if you leave us a review, that also helps people find us. So that's pretty cool as well. Our patron shout out this week goes to Tony Irons. And I like this game, so I'm just going to keep playing it. Tony Irons is the son of a Kansas City mob boss. And he paints paintings that are then sold at auction so that his dad can launder money. Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm definitely most interested in the worthless areas. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? And so we just had a really interesting conversation. Uh, you asked me, uh, you said you didn't know what my, pra- what, or my, what, what my work was about and stuff like yeah. that. And it's, and, and it's funny that you asked that because I actually don't know what most of my guests' work is most of the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it, for me, it's not even that relevant in, uh, okay. in terms of like like because i mean who am i to just be like like when i curate something sure then i get to like be a little bit i actually kind of just go off on how people present themselves on instagram which is interesting okay it's it's huh. more about their self-promotion and their vibe that 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 i that i uh so I that's why i yeah that's why you're here i actually i mean i've seen some of your drawings and stuff but i i as a as a collective i actually don't know what the what the major thrust of your work is which is kind of like like um i guess maybe lazy on my part but it all I, but i i you know um well, i kind of end up looking at your work once i start posting it on on the instagram feeds but yeah. but I usually find that like I'm never like horrified by what I have to post. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm never like I never go like, oh, I had this person on the show. Fuck. Their oh, art is terrible. Well, um first of all, like I post a lot of my own work. Yeah, on on, on, on your Instagram. Instagram. So if, yeah. if that's so No, that makes my life easier when I yeah. post. But I'm just saying like I mean I, I know that you draw, but is that the only thing that you do? No, I make sculptures as you well. You make sculptures in... Yeah, like I mean... That's what I studied uh, Sculpture specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say earlier on in my life, I, I really wanted to be like a sculptor, you know, proper, yeah. you know. Uh, and then, I don't know. I think... how I'm trying to think how to kind of say this, like, I don't think. Oh, by the way, yeah, I'm talking to Adrian Pauls today. Okay, (laughs) Um, and uh, you you also have one of those Anglo names that's really easy to say, because I I I I butcher everyone's name on the show. Wait, how did you say my name? Adrian Pauls. I said you butchered it. It's Paulus. Paulus. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Fucking nailed it. I'm 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 zero for zero still. (laughs) No, that's my dyslexia. It more than anything. But then I'm glad I'm glad that I did it to a white person because. I mean, mean, 
Although that is a that's a fairly common way of mispronouncing Paul the, Paulus. The name. It's but it's Paulus. At least that's okay. how my family says it. No, no, I just uh, I, I just skim names on Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I went to school for sculpture, both undergrad and grad, and I wanted to be a sculptor, very in a very proper sense. Like I wanted to make discrete objects. You know, in space. Okay, so not a Rodin sculpture. Uh, uh, no, not like not like figurative sculpture. But yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to be like, um, like singular. I wanted to. I thought I wanted to make just like sort of like these singular objects in uh, um, space that you know you that one just walks around. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm still very interested in that. But I'm, I would say, about seven or eight years ago. I started working more like uh, in seriality, uh, mm-hmm. like in groupings of yeah. objects, uh, like you know, made, making like several stacks of painted and arranged bricks. That you know, there might have been like seven or nine stacks in a piece. Mm-hmm. You know, so it wasn't. It was no longer just like a singular thing. It was something you know you walked through and around as well as around. Yeah, um, and so I kind of stopped considering myself as a, a sculptor with a capital S and just an artist. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, like... But I, I really, I have a lot of respect and, and admiration for people who, like, who are sculptors with a capital S or I, painters with a capital P. I think P. that you're, like, a sculptor in the same way that I'm a photographer, which is I, I feel the same way about studying photography, that it really informed my practice, but yeah. generally I'm just an artist. Uh, yeah, that that can use photography. I was very reluctant to become quote just an artist though. Like yeah. I really wanted to be. Well, a when sculptor. you throw the just the, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, but I get I, what because, you mean. Because like I wanted to to belong I, to like the a tradition maybe. Yeah, and I still do. Yeah, uh, I, I I I really long for that. But I think that to some degree. <sighs> you can keep pushing the parameters of of that. Um, of that framing uh, of like the sculptor and, and you can keep pushing the medium itself to a really extreme point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately is that necessarily what is like happening in art right now in your generation? Right. I don't, like, I don't you, you, really you, care what's happening in my generation, what, but I'm just saying, no, I'm just, I'm not talking specifically about like the art that's being made in the art community. I'm talking uh, about how you're being influenced by you, the way you think in like, the, uh-huh. you know, in the, that's why the show is not necessarily specifically about, the art that people make, but more about the ideas that people have and the interests that they follow, because I find that that is very informative in your approach to the, how you perceive the world. Right. Yeah. Um, And so, so, so yeah. So, (laughs) so, I mean, I, I would say that like, I could, I, I had to give up that like urge and that desire to be a photographer, you know, documentary style. But right now the, the the discourse in photography is nothing like it was back when I was in school because we were still shooting film. We were mm-hmm. still in dark rooms. Now I talk to photographers like Josh Shadle, which I'm sure, do you know him? I've you, met him. You met him. Yeah. He's in, I mean, our circles are all, all yeah, constantly yeah. overlapping, but, um, but he talks about it in this very, I hate to use the word postmodern, yeah, <laughs> but, fair enough. Uh, but but <laughs> I have a very specific usage of it. That but when I when I haven't explained it to you, to you, like I yeah. think of it in very very um, uh, 
magical terms, of, like in hmm. terms of magical thinking. But, <laughs> but yeah, but because like the, uh, it's postmodern to be aware of a thought, right? Yeah. And so I think that there has to be... Is that postmodernism? Being aware, I mean, self-awareness, is that... I think for- no, I don't think about I don't think self-awareness. I think awareness of perception in general okay. becomes a very postmodern thing, right? Huh. Whereas whereas uh you know, yeah, it's just a human thing. I don't think people th- I think people used to be very utopian. Uh-huh. And I think that people used to be very myopic. I think people still are, but uh-huh. I think in terms of like that line, that defining line, what defines postmodernism as opposed to modernism in terms of art like you look at just what the contact there it's a lot more about ideas in Uh postmodernism and that making art about ideas instead of just having the ideas present which is something that modernism is about i think it's less i would i would say i'm probably more of a modernist no that's fine (laughs) you know but but i I don't make i don't think i make art about ideas yeah, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing, but I think that even within that, I think that you still have to like account for um, just the way that the world is perceived now. So you mm-hmm. are you. So it's not like you're a modernist in modernist times. No, you're a modernist in contemporary times, and yeah. there's a selective process that happens within that, yeah. right? Oh and yeah, so, yeah. So so do you see what I'm saying? Like a little bit. I mean, I I mean, just honestly, I, I sometimes like. Or at least the past several months, I've been really maybe a little worried about that. About what? About being a modernist? Uh huh. I, I don't feel, think that's I, I a just problem. feel like I'm this like this old curmudgeonly like person. No, no, no. Know, like, how how old are you? I'm 42. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah. I'm 39. I just had my birthday just passed, so I'm starting to feel we're in the same page about yeah. those like things. Yeah. Uh, I think that as long as you don't say shit like those millennials, you're you're good. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying anything like that. But that, but even that is such a modern, like it's so myopic in, in, in the, in, you know, it's a very boomer. I, I think that like to not be aware that you are getting old and that that is why you do not understand the younger generation is <laughs> very uh, limited yeah. in thinking, in, in the scope of thinking. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and then. Although to, I, I think I relate to younger no, I think people than I do like my own but generation. But I think that the the uh, the standard, and I agree with that sentiment. And I think that they are doing shit that's like really helping me fucking survive in this world, right? Yeah. Like like my knowledge of social media doesn't come from my parents. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't yeah. teach me yeah. how to Instagram and shit like that. You get me? Uh-huh. But, no. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, I I have a good friend who I would say is a millennial. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, I definitely learned how to <laughs> present myself on Instagram from him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. It's, it's, and, 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 uh, I mean, I remember just like how embarrassing everybody was on Facebook when it first started. And just, yeah, <laughs> I kind of hid out during yeah, that. Every, everybody had to sort of like learn how to be publicly, uh, how to be a public person. It was like a, a common cringe fest that, <laughs> yeah. that, every, that, that then made people self-aware. It was like, wait, do I sound like that when I say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, so you have a topic today. So let, let, well, I don't know if I have a topic. Yeah, I, you do. I mean, I do want to, well, we can get, I want we, to, we can I, get into it. I love, first of all, I'm realizing based on that conversation that we had, on um, the phone. yeah, that, you think that or that that 
you've been on other podcasts. I understand, yes. right? I've seen, I've seen. I think you were on the People Radio. Yes, and uh, and, and maybe another one, or is that? The I, only? I was on Riffin. Riffin. Okay, so. This is not like an art podcast in the traditional sense. So, uh-huh. like, whatever your topic is, it doesn't have to I, be scholarly because that's what we discussed. Not, it's certainly no, not no, no. That. But it's but it, I'm not a scholarly person. I, that's fine. I I, I am. I would a, say my. Um, <laughs> I, I'll just come out and say it. sometimes I feel like my intellectual pursuits are maybe are, are certainly dilettantish in the sense that like I skip around from thing to thing to thing. Uh, and you know, I, I'll return, but, um, you know, I think, but I think that's an artist's approach instead of just being, it's an artist's approach. And I think it's also, it's information that serves you for, for what you're working on. Well, or is it, or is it it just pure entertainment? It's just interest. I know. I don't think it serves. I mean, it doesn't serve like, okay. The art has gotten to a point now where. I would say most of my art comes from just lived experience. Mm-hmm. And so it's from is like it more what intuitive. I it's very intuitive. Okay. And and uh, previous work, like you know, like I make a thing, mm-hmm. and then that opens up more questions yeah. or more problems to address in subsequent sculptures or drawings. So the I've I'm very. I don't know. I'm, I'm happy now that I have like my work has gotten to a place where it's like it's like this. I've been going at it full force for several years now in this in these two veins of the sculptures and the drawings that it gener it's like a self generative process now. So I don't. Um, so it, it your studio time is studio time. It's not a research based no, practice. I, it's not a research based yeah. uh, practice at all. But I mean that doesn't necessarily mean that learning about how you how you tackle this topic doesn't give us insights into how you think and how you perceive things, right? Well, I I mean I don't know. I mean I let's just, do it. I, I tell decided, me what. Tell so, me well, no. tell, what's your topic? Or well, let's go from there. Well, and, <laughs> I think my topic. Oh my gosh, my topic. <laughs> it's like so embarrassing. Don't be embarrassed. This is not. I'm not gonna it's fucking like, shame you. I know. Well, I'm. I, I'm shaming myself. Okay, uh, but I'm. Te- like, I, and then I'm telling you this is a safe space, well, and I already until, know what until, your topic until is. Until it's on the internet. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, which but is I, not. A, which is anything but you, a safe space. Like, I don't think that people come to my show to go fuck that guy, Adrian Paulus. I didn't Uh think that people come to the show to sort of be like, ah, that's interesting, or I kind of don't agree with that. But I think that, like, you are maybe thinking about the consumption of what you're going to say a lot more than I do. Yeah, I I, which is fine. But I I think that's the, I mean, but there's a condition. Okay, but I think that's the condition of the sort of, internet age that we live in yeah it's, yeah it's all you know about how we present ourselves on instagram or facebook or whatever social media platform you still haven't said your topic that's how embarrassed you are by uh, yeah and, and maybe we'll go this whole podcast that's like, fine uh, we'll make it about talk- this <laughs> of not talking about the topic <laughs> like I'm, I'm kind of interested in how much, how, how, how much you can uh, dodge how, yeah how much we'll longer we can, about you how much longer we can skirt the topic um but the, I mean, I, think, I don't. I, think I mean, that, honestly, I think what the, the the real topic is is for me is just like 
um, information consumption. And that's... Don't get highbrow on me. What? <laughs> Don't get highbrow on me. Uh, no, but... <laughs> no, but I, I... Okay. So, I mean, okay, we can say the topic was like... I, I developed, let's say, a bit of an internet crush or uh, an obsession on a model slash actress from the early 80s. So not relatable. Nobody has ever been able to relate to that. <laughs> All the listeners right now are like, fuck this guy, Paulus. He is such a sexist white male. Nobody's ever been obsessed. Even women can't relate to just the, the uh, uh, <laughs> obsessing um, well, over someone's appearance. Well, it was, um, well, I guess what I'm saying, it was strange because I don't think I ever really, ever really had that before growing yeah. up. You know, like, I mean, I know that's sort of like a common, or that's like, understood to be a common thing that you know you when you're an adolescent maybe you have these screen crushes or something yeah, and yeah. like i really didn't have that growing up so um so i would say back in january the end of january so uh, this is a coming of age story is what you're saying <laughs> coming of age at 42 <laughs> yeah I, i've never seen that movie before yeah that doesn't uh, happen um <laughs> So I I watched this film titled Liquid Sky. Okay. Um, and I had seen it once before, like maybe in 2001. You know, the film's from like 82. Okay, Liquid Sky. Yeah. Uh, it's and That sounds like an MTV sort of like uh, uh, Cartoon Network type. Remember when they had those mm-hmm. like Aeon Flux kind yeah. of things? Yeah. It, oh, that's Liquid Television. Liquid that's why tele- it sounds yeah. like that to me. Liquid Sky. Uh, Liquid Sky. It's like, it's a film that's set in New York in the early '80s. Uh, it's it's a sci. It's sort of like a, a sci-fi film um, about these aliens that feed off like the brain chemicals released during orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best, Adrian. And, <laughs> Just uh, relax. This is uh, already so fucking fascinating. You've never seen the film? No. <laughs> well, it's it's There's kind. Of, it is like a cult classic okay. film, and then, um, you know, it was like re-released. I think on DV, on Blu-ray in like about like a year or two ago, uh-huh. and um, and it was restored, and it looks good now. Uh, probably the version I watched in two thousand one. It was on VHS and probably looks like shit compared to what I saw recently. Um, so, like, but it takes place, like, in, like, kind of, like, in new wave clubs. Oh, okay. And, like, you know. I could see that uh, stirring up a sense of nostalgia and romance. Yeah. And. Were you around I, for new wave? No. I mean, okay. like, I, mean that was I, like... I grew up in, like, a small town in Pennsylvania. And, Do you uh, have older siblings? No. Okay. Um. But this, I guess what happens is, like, you know, like, and I guess why I want to say that it's, like, largely about, like, information consumption is, like, when I watch a movie now, right, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I have my phone. Yeah. And I, I'm always on IMDb as I'm watching the film. Really? And, <laughs> and seeing, like, what the director has also made, what, what the principal actors have also been in. And, you know... Yeah, so yeah. it's like I can't, 
I would say like in 2001, I just watched that movie and I was like, oh, cool. That's a cool movie. And, yeah, yeah. and then I rewatched it because, you know, I'm scrolling through my Amazon Prime uh, video and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing that film. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's late Friday night. Might as well just watch it again. And I guess, yeah, I was really struck by like the sound of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, is it the sound design or the music or the music and, uh, and then just how it looked, the costumes. Cause like, it's like, it's like a, you know, it takes place in, like new wave dance clubs, but it's like a really exaggerated version of it. You know, like, I mean, I'd say, you know, there was like a lot of like interesting filmmaking going on in New York and well in the early eighties, you know, like, mm-hmm. Like, what, what were the directors? I don't, I'm, I mean, I I'm not that well versed in know, film, but if you sit with your IMDb, well, you, you're going to be able to school me on something. <laughs> well, there was like that whole like no wave film thing that happened in the late 70s and What's early that? 80s. No I mean, wave. Yeah, like directors like uh, Beth and Scott B, you know, uh, and then James Neris made like that film called Rome 78. And, you know, it's like, it's like the film scene that, like, Jim Jarmusch came out of. Okay. Um, that helps you know, me like, understand. You know, like, and... and um, what, like, what are the characteristics? Usually it's just, like, super rough. You know, like, just, like, you know, like really low production, just value, and... Um, just... But the I would say, like, good? sort of, like, ur- like, a lot of, like, just themes of, like, urban alienation and stuff mm. like that. And, um... And so the, there was all those films being made. And then this film, like, was, like, proximate. Like, it was close to that world. But it, I wouldn't really say this. I wouldn't say Liquid Sky is from that scene. It's almost like, because it was made by these Russian emigres who were living in New York at the time. Liquid Sky was? Yeah. Okay. And so they weren't really part of, like, that scene. But I think they were, like, observing it. Uh-huh. And the, and so, they made their film, depicting sort of like the you know let's say like, Lower East Side punk new wave world, but it was like a kind of almost like a more exaggerated version of it. And it was like like over stylized. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. So and like, what was um, maybe not a stylization. It was just kind of like a neat thing with, with movement. In this case, they kind of took it and pushed it, or. Or was it always about stylization? The the was the no wave. I will well, see. I think. Well, no wave film was like it was almost like anti style. Okay. Or, and, like, just like you know. But and, so so this would be the turning point where the punk became post punk, <laughs> or something. I mean, I, I, like those sort of terms. <laughs> those are so porous all the time. But uh, <laughs> and I'm not really interested in like those things. But. Like pinning things down linguistically. Oh no! But, I didn't but, mean, but, but just, like, just but, for but sure. I guess. Um, so, uh, like, but what I am interested in this movie is that, like, it seemed to have been made by people who were like, kind of on the outside looking in. You know, uh-huh. okay. and that's and that's like that was, and so that's why it's like a, it's an interesting document. You know, it and sounds like. like there and were... so, anyways, but like I watched this movie and like you know, uh, the main character in this film is like this woman and she's played 
Uh, her name was Margaret in the film. She played actually two roles. Uh, um, she played a, a, a model aspiring actress named Margaret in the film. And then she also played like a male nemesis mm-hmm. named Jimmy. And this film is definitely like, you know, and she was in a, uh, a and the Margaret character was in a lesbian relationship. So this film is always often like, you know, seen as like in terms of like maybe queer culture and gender fluidity and and that stuff is definitely there. So it's it's considered progressive in that way or is it uh or or is it problematic as well? I'm sure it's problematic. Yeah. But but like I mean, I again but for like a genera- I, yeah. I mean, I mean it's I, weird for, but I mean, maybe it was influential for a generation and oh, now definitely, it, in, yeah, in, it, like, it definitely is. And like, and again, like that's, n- I don't know if that's really what I was so much. I mean, that's interested in about the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just I think I was more interested in just the sound and the colors and the costumes and just mm-hmm. the sort of like general sense of like alienation and dread that sort of so what what so what's the main uh things that because presumably you don't know at this point and that much about the actress yeah and so 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 i'm I'm watching the film and i'm looking at her imdb you know just seeing like what else she has has she been in but is it the character that she's portraying there that gets you that starts the obsession or does the obsession starts from after you start finding out about her I mean, like, I, is there what I want to? What I mean, I mean like, is, I liked, you know, I like. Are there her, characteristics liked, of her as a character that that were sort of like? Because oh, I think some, I liked. I think I liked the character, and then yeah. I just wanted to find out more about what else she's been in. It turns out not much. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that uh, that mystery that <laughs> yeah that limited amount of information that was there just like just yeah. drove me kind of insane for. <laughs> About well, six weeks. That's how... <laughs> like, uh, it was like... So like, there's like this six weeks from like the end of January all throughout February uh-huh. and into our early March where I was just like obsessed with this woman. Yeah. And um, I mean, I wrote her a letter. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And what what, uh, what was it, the, the tone? <laughs> I think I just... Well, you know, she was a co-writer in the film. Yeah. Uh, she was like the, maybe the one person who was kind of an insider or bit like she was like of the of, of, the, that, of, of that scene no wave. and yeah. yeah or not even no wave but just sort of like the new wave like dance scene okay scene she you know I I think somehow she befriended these Russian filmmakers and they worked together and to mm-hmm. write the script for the film. Um, what so was like uh, what yeah. you, when you reached out, what was the uh, was it to to tell her that you appreciated her work? To, I, yeah, in I the mean, hope, yeah, of okay. course. Like, I mean, I, I didn't like. You weren't hoping to to start a dialogue. I mean, it would have been I, nice I, to receive I, I an answer. Been, but, you know, like it would be nice if she wrote me back. She hasn't. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but that's fair. But that's, uh, that's but, a fair you know, hope. Yeah. I've written to uh, comedians and and been like really excited when they wrote back. So I totally understand that. You know. Um, like, you know, it's like, she has, like, she, she, you know, she's, like, a painter, I guess, right now in her life. Oh, okay. So and then so like that, I, that I, so like I, you know, so I looked at her website, and there was an, an address on her website. I'm thinking, well, you know, if you put an address on the internet, 
<laughs> if someone writes you a letter, you can't be too upset about that. <laughs> right? I, was, I, I think that's fair. What I was laughing at was in my head, I was thinking, you can just show up, right? <laughs> I wouldn't. Mm. No, no, I'm teasing but, you. Uh, you know, like... Yeah, no, I that's just, that. I mean, that, the, I, so like you know, I just wrote like you know, I didn't get overly personal in yeah. the letter, and I didn't get overly obsessive about details. You I didn't just, send a snail mail dick pic like we used to back in the eighties. No, I, I didn't. I, <laughs> Before I, the invention of the, t- can you imagine if I, that I was a thing? Her, I mailed a zine. <laughs> a so, zine, okay. Yeah, I like for a while in my art practice, I made like seven of these like sort of photocopy artist booklets slash zines. You uh-huh. know? And I had one copy kicking around, and I thought, well, here's a small token, yeah. right? And so I sent her a, a little piece of my work, you know, mm-hmm. since I appreciated something she made, I thought yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd give her something that I made. And I wrote, you know, just a short letter saying I I enjoyed her film, um, and, you know, good luck with painting. And <laughs> it's a lifelong pursuit. <laughs> you know something like that and i think but i think the reason why i'm bringing up that bringing that up is that it was really important to write that letter because like before like i was just like kind of like running in circles on yeah, the yeah. internet you know and uh by taking a physical thing like this little zine uh-huh. and and a piece of paper with like a letter on it and like mailing it, actually, you know, snail mailing it to a physical, like actual location on Earth. Yeah. Kind of punctured through that 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 image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because like, I mean, I was like telling a friend when I was in the thick of this, I was like, I'm like, I think I've like fallen in love with an image. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, because like, because the thing is like, she's like in her sixties now. Yeah. She was like twenty six, twenty seven when the film was made. Uh huh. Because, like, you know, the early 80s was, like, it's coming up on 40 years, like, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so... I know. I was born in 80. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so um, it, I kind of wanted, you know... To, to demystify it. Demystify it a little bit and just, like, break out of, like, just the image. Well, one of the things that I was going to say when you brought up the fact that it was a mystery is that, that a lot of times, like, that's where conspiracy theory thrives in general just in in the world where like where you have the space to project your own shit onto uh-huh. it yeah and so that that's a, that's an interesting mechanism cuz i mean i can totally relate to that i think i was actually much younger when i uh when i was like becoming obsessed with like Katie Holmes from Dawson's Creek uh-huh. and shit. And it, it, and it was, uh, you know, that I would, I would draw her picture from like teen magazines okay. and shit like that. And that's kind of one of the ways that I was like channeling my ability to draw. Yeah. And, yeah. and as I was also drawing comic books, but I totally understand that thing of, of, of um, you know, it is a persona that someone's being, uh, that, 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 and it can be confusing. It was a really uh, confusing thing because, like, again, yeah, like I said, yeah. like, I didn't really do this, like, growing up. Like, yeah. I didn't have screen crushes growing up. And so, like, here I am, like, you know, like, 42 in, you know, recently divorced 
and like yeah, yeah. and, well, uh, and, and like, it and probably like, has something to do with it prob- as well. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's like a <laughs> it's like, I mean, a like mechanism of like uh, I mean, I watched I watched that film the weekend my divorce was finalized. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> so that was <laughs> so. Uh, I don't know if that's a total coincidence. Yeah, yeah, of course. And um, uh, it was I. I mean, like it was weird. For me, I mean, it was yeah. just like a really strange thing, you know. Like, and like, I was like texting my friend about this, and you know, I'm worrying them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, one of them told like, you well, to start a podcast. Like, well, you no, know, he, he he was very sympathetic, actually, because like there was another Anne. Like, you know, so there the name of this actress was uh, is Anne Carlyle, and then there was this other Anne, Anne Magnuson, who was also part of that world. So, you know, yeah. We had, gonna, we had these text exchanges about the two Anns. I'm going uh, to look up Anne right now. Is it going to make you uncomfortable if she's on the big screen? Uh, <laughs> sure. Anne, Go ahead. Is this, I, two, two Ns and an E. You had put an E at the end of the... Oh, Anne? Yeah, yeah like she's like, like that. Oh, this is too weird. I know. That's why I'm doing it. Liquid yeah. Sky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It Maybe I'll get a sense of the aesthetic. Oh, I can even just before even playing the the videos. I'm not gonna play the videos. No, that no, doesn't... no. So does this happen a lot on your podcast? Where no, you, where you Google time. things? I mean, you're just talking about somebody. Oh, okay. She's kind of Bowie esque. Oh yeah. Well, she actually mentions that in the film. She gives yeah. a monologue and she says like, uh, she's and more... she's a little androgynous in a really well, sexy way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, she says she says she's more androgynous than Bowie himself. That's a line she used in the film. Oh, so, yeah, I can uh, see it. Um, but super sexy. Yeah, yeah. Like in a not like, like that, that's an interesting picture like, over right where, where she's. Con- Who's so that? That's her. That's her in both characters. Oh, okay. So the that's her as Jimmy, and that's her as Margaret okay. facing herself. So it looks like it's a bit of a tour de force. Yeah, uh, this was like her. This was her big move, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, after this film, she was... Kind of reminds me of... Who is it? Is it, is it Daryl Hannah that's in uh, Blade Runner? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, a yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean... I mean, she, that's, that's like, a little that was bit concurrent, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, that, that's an interesting aesthetic. to Like, I can see... It doesn't seem that weird to me to get obsessed with this. Because this is such a specific thing. It's not like you're, like, falling for, like... It's not like you got obsessed with Ariana Grande, <laughs> you know. No. Not that that, that yeah, yeah. I'm judging anybody who does. Yeah. But um, and, and and like, you know what I mean. In the context that we were talking about it, obviously, if you like her music, yeah, that's fine. I don't. I I don't hate it. I, I don't know I, much. I, about I don't her. know. I like. I think is, that she's is, uh, she makes some pretty progressive pop music, which sounds good. Like uh-huh. like the idea of Thank You Next is pretty cool. Uh, oh, right, right. I didn't right. mean to get myself into an apology cycle. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. All uh, right. I'm going to close this because now we're just looking at the screen. (laughs) I don't think anyone wants to listen to us looking at Google Images. Yeah. Um, But, but, uh, you know, she does, in the the images that come up, she does show a little bit of skin. But it it is, I'm actually glad that I looked uh, it up because it's not like, it's not that, uh, it's not a sexiness that we're used to. It's more of, uh, uh, nowadays, it's more of like that 80s sexiness where, that the, I don't even know why androgyny was such a big thing back then, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I guess maybe they were. Maybe it's just uh, precursors to where we are now. 
Yeah. You know, not to not to talk about something I, I know nothing about. It was like <laughs> it was weird because like again, like, you know, I saw the film I think in like two thousand one. Yeah. And you know, and then I just watched it and it was like okay. I mean I was in graduate school at the time, so I think I just watched it one weekend and it was just like, yeah, whatever, you know, like movie. And then just moved on. But I think it's because like I watched it again. And again, this again, is a movie about aliens. Yeah, well, yeah, stuff. we'll see. Like, there's it's a sci-fi. An, it's sort of sci-fi. Like, you know, like there's an al- there's these aliens. <laughs> you can't have a movie that has aliens in it no. and say it's sort of sci-fi. <laughs> but um, <laughs> by definition. But uh, you know, again, like they live off brain chemicals, like either like when people are getting high on heroin. Mm-hmm. Oh, and like her her partner in the film, like the woman that she lives with, is a heroin dealer. So that's why initially these aliens like also like they're about the ufo in the film is about the size of a dinner plate so they're, okay they're like they're like so this like they can U- shrink down or something they just, just that's that's just, just it. it's size. not addressed yeah and like it lands on top of her apartment because like they're attracted to like the heroin that's at her because of her dealer okay par- girlfriend oh so she's not an alien no 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 okay. she's just like a club. she's a person a club person all right and her girlfriend is a heroin dealer okay so that's why the aliens are attracted to their apartment okay and then but i guess like the way they explain the film the the brain chemicals that are released during orgasm are similar to like the sort of opioid receptors Uh through um uh, opioid use so when someone has an orgasm the the aliens feed like they they consume the person who's experienced. Can you orgasm. imagine being a creature that lives off of like <laughs> that kind of yeah. energy? That'd and be, so it what was a like, fiend. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's, so there's like quite a bit of sex in the film and none of it's very, I would say particularly sexy. Okay. Sex It's like, it's all kind of like, very problematic, very like intentionally. It's just clumsy, or no, it's just like bad situations. Oh, either so like emotionally like... manipulative, like oh, okay. or um, is it is there TNA? Not really. Okay, so but it's is... just like, but it's just like the. I mean, it's it makes just, you feel grimy. It doesn't it, make yeah, you it's feel... like a to- yeah, it's not it's not like hot. It's like yeah, it yeah. makes you feel grimy. Like yeah, um, yeah, it's like, but um, yeah. But it makes you feel stuff, and then it 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 engages you on. <laughs> it's one one of again, those things. like I think it's because I was watching it with my phone, with the internet in yeah. my pocket, in my hand, and, and it I opened c- up the whole world. And it just opens up this world, like you know, like well, What's what your, what else has she been in? Not again, like not what much. What else has she done? Well, she was in this film called Downtown Eighty One. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? No. It's, that's like a really cool movie. It's um. It was produced by Maripol, and I think it was shot by Edo Bartolio. Like, he was Edo like a, Bartolio. He, yeah, he was like a fashion photographer, and he shot for like Interview Magazine and mm-hmm. stuff. And it just sort of depicts like you know, you know, New York in their early eighties, you know, Lower East Side, like you know, and like again, a lot of no wave bands, like you know, like um, DNA. And uh, um, James Chance and the, or is it, and the Blacks is in it, and um, you know, 
and like uh, I think there's like some like liquid liquid songs in it. Um, and it, but it basically just like follows uh, Basquiat throughout a day in his mm-hmm. life, um, sort of playing a fictionalized character of okay. himself. But there's this one scene in the movie. There's like a fashion show, a fashion shoot. And she's one of the models. So mm. just like a small bit part, but like she was in that. But just enough to give you more curiosity. Yeah, I, just enough for me to get the, to buy a DVD. <laughs> 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 so because like, um, she was in this Larry Cohen film called Perfect Strangers. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And that was like her only. Other, she she had a leading role in that. That was her only other leading role. Uh, she had a bit part in um, Susan Seidelman's uh, Desperately Seeking Susan. Have you ever seen that okay. movie? No, but that's, that's the a Madonna th- film. I've heard it's, it's a really good up. movie. And you know, it was like, oh, that was like Madonna's first um, acting role. Act, like starring role, yeah. I've, I, I, and I've heard that that's like the, the that one in uh, A League of Their Own is her, be- or her best. Uh, I haven't seen A League of, her, of Their Own. She's pretty good in that. Okay, but you should really see Desperately Seeking Susan. But Anne Carlyle had a bit part in that. Um, she played Aiden Quinn's ex-girlfriend, and there's a scene where she's taking her stuff out of their apartment, out of their loft space. And like, so, I know, uh, so I watched relevant the- to your divorce, uh, also <laughs> triggering imagery with this person. So you, like, it, it, it sounds like there was and even a breakup element to yeah, seeing her. Maybe. I mean, like, and, then, leave. and then she was in a few other things. Like she was in an episode of Miami Vice. Oh, <laughs> word. So she was a drug dealer's uh, hottie? No, she was like funding the drug dealer, the drug oh. deal night because like she was trying to buy her character was trying to buy like the controlling interest in her deceased husband's electronics firm. Word, Miami Vice. <laughs> yeah, it's like Miami Vice, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I think the name of the episode is called Yankee Dollar. She had a bit part. Is she and does she pretty much keep the same like androgynous no, no. haircut? No, uh, no, 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 no. She's no, like, like, long, like you've seen her in different like. Yeah, most of her other films. She's got a little long bit, hair. a little bit like in Des- Desperately Seeking Susan. She looks sort of like kind of like a more like mid eighties version of that, but. Um, I don't know. Yeah. What's Desperately Seeking Susan about? Oh. I think it has, like, Rosanna Arquette. She's, like, the lead in the film. She's Susan? uh, No, Madonna's, I think, Susan, yeah. (laughs) um, I'm such a simpleton. (laughs) Who's the titular Susan? God damn it. (laughs) Madonna. So, actually, you did mention that there was a Madonna tie-in. To, to your topic. Well, it's just so like, I just like felt like all this stuff, like, you know, like, well, like, I just kept brushing up against Madonna because, like, you know, like, so, like, I watched Downtown 81, which is really about, you know, obviously that's about Basquiat. Mm-hmm. And that, that film was produced by Maripol, who was, like, responsible for, like, the Mad- the look of Madonna, like, during, like, Like a Virgin. She was, like, a, mm-hmm. Maripol was a stylist and still okay. is. And she, like, she created that whole look. But she directed that, this movie? She produced, produced Downtown it. 81. Okay. And, you know, and Basquiat dated Madonna. Oh, I didn't know and, that. Yeah. And, like, in fact, like, 
when he he was in Who L.A. didn't she date? <laughs> uh, when he I was, was like, like Guy Ritchie, like, Alec, you know, a-, a-, a Rod. Like he was like like you know, but I think like in the early like eighty three or so, he was he was living in L.A. briefly, like because he was making a show for like Larry make- Gagosian, and like then Madonna came out, and like all like Larry Gagosian, Basquiat, and Madonna were all like living together while he was. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I was thinking you could make a baseball team. Of just her exes, and then yeah, <laughs> just have a Rod dominate, carry the whole team. <laughs> um, you know, and then like, oh, and then like, okay, and and then the, there's this German scientist that's in Liquid Sky, played by this guy Otto von Werner. Is and he like, like he's he's a there's another mystery character because like I mean, if you Google him, all you get is like. Madonna because like he <laughs> it was he released, Madonna <laughs> he recorded some songs in the early 80s right before Madonna became Madonna and he hired Madonna to be like sing backups uh huh and like I think they recorded three songs and she recorded and she just provided backing vocals on these songs this was before she blew up before she blew up yeah and then she blew up and he was like sitting on these three songs with her on it. And he just like made albums of just constant remixes <laughs> of those songs, of those songs, <laughs> just like, and trying to pass them off as Madonna records to, uh, to cash. I mean, he just totally tried to cash in. It's on, such so German scientist of him. Uh, yeah, well, it's just, <laughs> it just seems like a really desperate hanger on. <laughs> and, and like, you know, and, through all this, I, I realized like Madonna was in another film before Desperately Seeking Susan called um, A Certain Sacrifice, which was like a, a really horribly made film that Madonna starred in in like, I think 1979 mm-hmm. before she was Madonna. And then like, again, this thing was like a total, so was this was, like, a total piece of crap. And like, but then like she blew up. And then they, the people who made, they had this footage with Madonna and they tried to cash in on it yeah, by yeah. Re- releasing this film called A Certain Sacrifice. It's pretty much unwatchable. Wow. So, That's so crazy. I did, and so, I'm like, so learning so much about Madonna before she was Madonna. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> I mean, like, she was a person, <laughs> not an icon at one point. Yeah. And, that's hard to imagine. And that's... Um, yeah, that's how I spent six weeks of my her life. First, her first song was uh, uh, "Lucky Star," right? Uh, yeah, or no, actually, like, well, the big, <laughs> like, again, I'm not a Madonna expert. I'm, I mean, I, I think she's cool, but uh, I'm not a huge fan. But like, the the big video, I kept, I think in December of '82, she performed at Danceteria, and she Danceteria. Uh huh. And I don't know what that is. It's it just was a, a club. Okay. It was a club. It's a in, club. In, <laughs> like in cafeteria, but a dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds very appetizing. And she performed the song Everybody. And like that was like I think her big like her big thing. Debut as a as a performer. Cool. So um but that was just like yeah, I guess. So but what I, do you I, feel like you were getting from all this like process of like researching? I don't like, I would I Hesitate to call it research, oh, it's research because, like, I would say, what? It's research. You I was able I, to I, ask you. Wait, hold on. Yeah. I was able to ask you if 
Lucky Star was her first fucking single, <laughs> and you <laughs> corrected well, again, me. First so of, it's research that you have retained and learned. It is part of your being now. It is. Uh, <laughs> and I guess the main reason why, you know, again, all the Madonna stuff was really kind of secondary to the Anne Carlisle stuff, but I just felt like I yeah, just kept yeah. brushing up against Madonna. And, um, Ooh, but it's also like, but, well, like but, you know, you're like, gonna pick I, at that because if you find out that Madonna's related and you and, and what you find out is like pre Madonna Madonna shit, I would be curious about that too. I'm yeah. Like, Wait. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, and when I was in the thick of this for like again, this lasted about like six weeks of my life. Uh huh. You know, I, at work, I would just you know I I was working with this one other guy. And, you know, pretty closely. It was just me and him for several weeks. And of course I'm, I'm just going off about like every day about like Madonna and, and Carlisle and Maripol and just Basquiat and just like just every, and he's like, Oh, you should start a podcast called <laughs> Madonna adjacent. <laughs> and, um, and so when you invited me to be on your podcast and not talk about art. <laughs> yeah. I felt like, well, well, what else do I, like I have to talk about? And it's, it seems like, well, yeah, this but, is it. But, but so, I mean, like none of this was like, you know, uh, you're right. It is part of my being now. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- none of it was done for the express purpose of my own art making. Uh, yeah. But you said you, you, but you said yourself that your whole life experience is just about, or your your art process is mostly based on just, uh, it's more intuitive, but like you don't research specifically for it. But this is part of your life, yeah. You know, like this these are your interests, and they're. They, I would say the like your interests are not entirely separate from your art practice. I, yeah, fair enough. I would fair say. enough, but uh, I would say a lot of like the sort of like the talked, the life experiences that inform my art are generally to be more physical or like in real time and mm-hmm. space, like experiences like I'm having that are like primary experiences. Like, whereas like this was just a weird, like media, you know, tailspin that I found myself in, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? And I don't know if mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I can make work out of like intense yeah, but- Googling. <laughs> Some people do. I know. <laughs> no, and, and that's cool, but I just don't know if... No, I, I don't know I mean, if I I don't would. expect to see, like, uh, uh, Anne Carlyle, uh in your work, but I, th- I think that... Um, I think that... W- I guess what I'm saying is that it still gives us an idea of who you are, that you got obsessed with this, and, yeah. and how you talk about it, right? And how you're self-aware about it. Because, like... Uh, you know, not, n- n- it's, it's still relevant in terms of a discussion of you as an artist, even though it's not, uh-huh. it's not just like, I think that, I think the discussion about art is maybe a little bit too much object oriented instead of, uh, you, you See, know, I like to talk about objects. I like to talk about it too, but it's a boring ass podcast topic. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I disagree with you about that. You told me you don't like art podcasts. I well, <laughs> I haven't listened to I haven't listened to any podcasts in yeah. quite a while. But um, but I'm just saying, and I'm not like t- taking a jab at like other podcasts that talk about art. That's not at all my intention. But what I'm saying is that like, I think that uh, 
we mystify the artist a little bit as mm-hmm. the as this like very rigorous, you know, uh, deliberate in everything. And there's no looseness in artist personas nowadays. Sometimes, sure. And I think that I I find it fun to talk about things that I like. I mean, art is gonna come up because sure. it's, it already has. Yeah. But if we're talking like we talk as normal people, we don't sit. Uh-huh. If we're hanging out at a bar, we're not gonna sit and talk about objects for like two hours unless that's on our mind for yeah. for that period of time right and but, and to me it's interesting to me this humanizes you a little bit more because i can relate i can't necessarily relate to your practice or yeah. your int- or the interests that you pursue within your art practice yeah but this makes me kind of have a better sense of where that comes from right and like uh i mean i've been through click holes i it, it, yeah. it it's it's it, like it's more about I'm, what I'm more interested in, just kind of how you think critically, and I think we've gotten a real sense of that. Huh. And and I don't think that like that is separate from you as a person when you're making art. I think you know you of know like, not. and we're not getting no. we're, we're not getting personal because fuck all that. Like it's not like when you were a child. What well, was I thought the I've already, incident? I've already told you some things about my childhood, like how I wasn't interested in actresses. Yeah, but did, you know, I mean, so I've already revealed some personal things, and I also revealed that I was divorced. So we did talk about me personally. Yeah, but I didn't talk about the details of your divorce. Uh, we're not you know, do this that. is yeah, and I, I like <laughs> not, I don't want to like yeah. I don't you know, I'm not here to be your therapist. Yeah. I'm here to talk yeah. to you about yeah. like just like I just I find that artists are very interesting in the way that they think, and they because we've been trained to think, and however yeah. like that's the that's the core through line, even. Though you don't research, there is a critical approach and a critical thought that you take to your modernist, self-described modernist approach to art making, right? Um, and and that's kind of where the conversation is more interesting for me. Yeah. Because if I have a painter come in here and I'm, you know, yeah. and they talk to me about painting, I'm limited in what I can fucking contribute to that conversation, right? Because I'm not a painter. Yeah. I have, I, I'm, you know, if we sat down and we start, started talking real like sculpture theory, yeah. I think that that's great, but I wouldn't be able to, to like right. necessarily hang as well as if I could. That's why, like, when I have photographers on, I'm like, whoa, blah, 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 blah. you know, right. like, I can totally get it. Whereas this helps me understand how your modernist brain works <laughs> i don't know if i have a modernist brain i'm fucking with but you but i i i think what's my thesis is produced by javier proenza who is talking in the third person reach out at what's my thesis at gmail.com and follow us on all social media at what's my thesis don't forget to review and subscribe and if you donate to our patreon This is where I'll give you a shout out and make up what kind of art you make based entirely on your name and nothing else.